I'm your host, Mike Apps. Why have you been letting me do this for 10 years? Uh, and with me as always? Uh, Mid-series mid interloper, David McBurney, Family Master. And what's the right word here? Instigator since the beginning, your man in Japan, Michael Baker, Gaiji Minogatari. <laughs> and yes, that's right. As of, well, the day after we record this, but uh, probably... A day or two before this actually it's goes up. My it's birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. birthday. That's t- uh, well. It'll be your birthday, and it'll be my birthday on your couch in about three hours. Yeah. Uh, not three hours. Half an hour. <laughs> so let's be sure to play Weird Al Yankovic's Happy Birthday song at the end of this. Oh, clearly. It's also Q and A quest. Q and the wheels is ten years. Uh, ten year on the Q and A column. Yes. Birthday. Yep. So important anniversaries all around. Yeah, I actually started on the site briefly doing news, and then was like, "Can I do Q and A?" And that's how you get out of the news beat because the news beat is exhausting. Yes. Thank everyone who does the news beat. It's hard. But yeah, it's. Uh, I have no idea how it's been that long, or. I I, I know the feeling. <laughs> I understand the feeling. It's been twelve and a half years over here. <laughs> I'm just glad I don't have to edit HTML anymore. I'll just say that. <laughs> I don't know, because I mean, it used to be so much easier for me to get the review formats to do what I wanted them to do, and yeah. now. And now it seems I can't really do anything without completely screwing over the entire review page again. <laughs> I mean, I only ever broke the front side on the old website twice. So. I think I did a few times. Yeah. But it, in one my moment. defense, it was pretty easy. Uh, hmm. Hmm. You say it's easy, and yet. Well, I have been joined by the world's cutest co-host, who is not feeling very well today. Oh. Yeah. Yep, she hit 102 degrees at the clinic. Ooh, oh, man. that's rough. Yeah, but thankfully there does not seem to be much else wrong. Um, Hopefully it stays that way. Yeah. It's either mild and nameless viral inflammation or roseola. So we're just going to have to wait for the rash to start to figure out which one is which. Fun, fun, fun. Fun, 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 fun. But yeah, Wheels, tell me all about your uh, Q&A exploits. Um, <laughs> answered a bunch of questions. Many you should have. I'm pretty sure you've provided one of the original questions. I don't think I was one of the original. I was pretty early on. I remember you scraping around for him. There is a <laughs> Kawazu fan in the first column. I don't remember who the hell that is. There were a lot of Kawazu fans see, uh, in the can, places can you were soliciting questions from. Yeah. 
But yeah, full, full disclosure, the questions in the original column were not from the community. I just asked a bunch of people to like, give me questions. It was hard to keep it a surprise if you weren't... To, yeah. uh... Hey, I mean, my first Japandemonium, the, the one and only letter in there was from my little brother. <laughs> <laughs> Could be the part of the community, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was actually a, a perfectly relevant question about honorifics in Persona 3. So, mm. yeah. And I was looking... Completely unlike the times where I just made up letters for the April Fool's Day columns. <laughs> That's the fun time. Yeah. Oh, I, I confused so many people on the first time I did an April Fool's Day column. <laughs> so. That does remind me that I was looking at... Uh... I was trying to find out if there was actually a kanji for San and couldn't find it. For what? San, like the honorific San. No. Yeah, that was the conclusion I came to when I couldn't find one. I mean, if there was, then if there is, then it was lost like a thousand years ago. Yeah, just weird. Yeah. But, yeah. Excuse me, where is your original Q&A... Oh, there we go. Old mailbag and Q&A archives there. Yeah, you kind of have to, a, to get to it. He's linked back to it at least in the past week on the Discord, I thought, in the podcast. Yeah, well, I just didn't see it. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Ooh, keep going back. 2010, July. What do we got here? July 29th, Q&A rebooted. That's right. Only item in that month. Okay. How long had Q&A been deactivated at that point? Uh, uh, a couple, a while. I mean, whenever, whenever Wonder Slime graduated with his teaching degree, I guess. Um, looks like the end of two thousand nine. Yeah. So let's say six months, seven months. Yeah. Fair enough. Like it's important to keep the ball rolling. Archives are missing. Kitoshi Kawazu made a tactical RPG. What do you think it would be like? Personally, my my vote on that would have been like Saga Frontier 2, the tactical RPG, where uh, your abilities at any given point were based on the feng shui of your lo location on the map. <laughs> I'm into that. Which, honestly, that would make a really cool setup. Yeah. This person's also mentioning Artanelico, so this wasn't me. <laughs> so, aside from the dragon That's and some bringer, what else should have come over? Mm. Neither of those should have come over. Um, okay. Mm. Can really see what was on the pulse of people's mind at the time. <laughs> yep. Okay, let's see. Should we just go through these? I guess we have to. Yeah. Any Anything else on if Kawazu made a tactical game? I don't think any of us has, like, it would be weird. I think that's all we can reasonably plausibly say about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've already s said what I would think would be a good one for him. Mm -hmm. Especially since it's based on the game that actually did have tactical bat or strategy battles. Yeah. 
His influence had three different battle systems in that game. His influence, contrary to like what was persistently associated at the time, I feel like on tactics advance was minimal, if any. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and for posterity's sake, uh, the Auden Chronicle. Uh, uh, Kickstarter has just reached, as of this recording, the <coughs> fishing mini game stretch goal. Sweet. Oh, really? I, I think. A fishing mini game. <laughs> okay. They'd already done cooking. It was time for fishing. Mm-hmm. There's always time for fishing, apparently. Nah. Just make it like fishing in near. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Bad minigame explained incorrectly. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, let's talk about something that won't make my blood boil. Gust games? I mean, those those will just like fill me with a deep and abiding sense of... Uh, please, QA, QA team, please... Let's talk about Gus games. They don't seem to change much from one industry to another, save Artanelico, which seems to be getting better. Uh, hold that thought. <laughs> Do you think Gus... I think this was right before... Was this right before or right after Koga? Um, this was, I believe, when... No, this was around the time of 2, so this is well before 3. Like yeah, Koga came out in 2011. Yeah. What a time. Yeah. Remember when that franchise existed? I do, because I played two, and I liked it a lot. And I played one a little bit, and it was boring, and three was garbage. And then there's, yeah. like, a visual novel? Yeah. Something like that. Let's see. That's what Arno Surge was and see Arno Surge. There's, like, a prequel on Vita and PS3. I was going to say, Seal No Surge was kind of a, like, a sort of a a visual novel, something or other, something or other communications game. And Arno Surge was more of Artinelli- an Artinelico game that actually connected to Seal No Surge. Well, uh, that if, makes a kind of sense. Not a good kind yeah. of sense, but a kind of sense. It was, it was interesting. I remember playing both demos for both at a TGS once. I mean, both of the, like, Artinelico was, I feel like, got a lot of chances because it was interesting, but it never really seemed to come together. Yeah. Anyway, I also note that um, this question came around two years before the Dusk trilogy began for Gust. Mm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, yes, it was very much in the formula of Atelier, but at the same time, you don't really see many deep post apocalyptic magical settings. No. Yeah. Definitely not. No. Especially not like literally post singularity post-apocalyptic magic settings. <sighs> Still waiting for those to go on sale so I can just grab the whole trilogy and drown myself in them. Yes. <laughs> go for it, go for it. Music is so good. That too, I mean, whoever at Gus decided to um, just, you know what, we don't need a single composer, let's just hire a bunch of indie guys and see what they come up with. Yeah. So. Yes, please. Uh, and we're going to hire the best of the Japanese indie scene while we're at it. 
means <laughs> Matryoshka Narcolepsis Wowaka. May he rest in peace. Um, yeah. So yeah, so. I guess the answer to this question is sort of, but eventually they get mostly better. But they yeah, have, they have to pump out so much content. There's going to be some ups and downs. So. At the same time, compared to other companies with that model of publication, they do make things kind of interesting between entries. No, I feel like they yeah. they know their limitations, so they're not out there trying to make more than they can. I feel like it's also part of why they tend to divide these things in trilogies, where it's like, mm-hmm. you save your big attempt to change things up for the next trilogy, rather than trying to overburden the yearly releases within the trilogy. Right. Yep. Good point. Yeah, they, they, they know what they're doing. I like that they try new things, even if uh, things like the last trilogy didn't work out that great. But, you know. You do what you can to fix that, but yep. uh, just live with that trilogy once you've set your course. Yeah. And sometimes it's like the mysterious games, or not mysterious games, the. It was the mysterious games, um, where it just doesn't really work very well. Yeah. But hey, they got a fairy tale RPG coming out this Friday, so one that I'm oh, sure yeah. positive buzz on. Yeah, I will yeah. be able to talk about that next time. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll get suckered into that because it's not in the. It's not an entire trilogy that I need to buy all at once or feel like I'm a failure. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see. What else do we got here? This generation has seen a lot of RPGs left unlocalized. Aside from Seventh Dragon and Soma Bringer, what else should have come over? Why do you think? I'm of the opinion that neither of those games should have come over. Is it wrong that I don't remember what Soma Bringer was? <laughs> Soma Bringer was. Um, oh, it's kind. I want to make a comparison to Diablo in the way it's like you run through a dungeon and keep and whack stuff as it comes around, and you've got people like followers who are attacking things with you um the, the problem was that i mean at the very beginning you lock your main character into a choice of um like a dual choice of different weapons like you um like i end up with just guns or bows for my main character and you can't and you can't choose the equipment for your partners uh. which mean and this is a very loot heavy game I mean, it's. I mean, part of it is intent, obviously intended to ha- be able to share the loot with other people with the game. Mm-hmm. Except this hits the standard issue with DS games who really wanted to focus on multiplayer. You have to actually have more people playing it. Yeah, there were a lot of DS games any given person could be playing at any given time at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the the plot was very late 90s anime in many ways. So Tetsuya Takahashi was involved is what you're saying. Yeah, possibly, yeah. And um, the the character models looked really nice when you zoomed when you zoomed in the screen enough, which there was a zoom function. However, the backgrounds and a lot most of the backgrounds and textures were not this modeled the same way as the characters, so anything that made the characters look good made everything else look awful. Oh, uh, that's regrettable. 
And as, like I said, I was playing a character. I was uh, playing a guy with ranged attacks, and you can't hit the broadside of a barn at zo full zoom in because you can't see where the enemies are. Oh, yep. boy. Yep. And uh, other random thing is there was a uh, side quest, and I think the second or third chapter of the game that ended up giving me the, the second best gun in the entire game. So I went two-thirds of the game without actually upgrading my main character's equipment. Uh-huh. But I was still getting literal tons of loot from every single level. Okay, I don't feel any sort of pangs of sadness that we didn't get this. Yeah. I mean, the James and I had rather different opinions on it, which is why he gave it a 3.5 and I gave it a 2.5. But, no, it was not worth it. Seventh Dragon is worth it even less. <laughs> it sounded so cool at the time. It, it looks so pretty, and it plays so not pretty. I guess. It plays I mean, so it unbalanced. It wasn't, yeah. only, wasn't necessarily that it didn't play well, it was that it had very little depth and way too much... Oh, what's right over here? It had a really awful plot-to-play ratio. Ooh. And also the way it was set up since it was supposed to be able to allow your your player to have um, any party composition he wanted, you wanted at any given time. Mm -hmm. All of the plot scenes involved NPCs. Your characters were not important to the plot beyond being the main survivors of the initial dragon assault. And there were other guild groups out there who had survived with you, too. So there was no real reason why your group was supposed to be special. Aside from the three-year coma. Just a bunch of randos. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you got dra um, Seventh Dragon 3. That was the good yeah. one. Yeah, that, one was, the, that one was really good. Seventh Dragon 3, a.k.a. the fourth Seventh Dragon game. Yeah, because there was Seventh Dragon... 2020, and they should have named the second one Seventh Dragon 2022 instead of 2020 2. Yeah, that that name is just baffling. Yeah. Yeah. Those have fan translations. I've heard they're better. I've only. I think all of those bit. games have fan translations. Actually, they're all better because yeah. they all have more story than the original. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, I mean, I really liked Seventh Dragon in theory because it was like, okay, take. Etrian Odyssey, but apply it to a Dragon Quest style game, but it never was really that, fortunately. Yeah. It looked the part, it didn't really play the part. Yeah, exactly. Too much well. clearing out stupid f dragon flowers. Ugh. Oh, I, I, I smushed bare minimum of those things. <sighs> and didn't really notice an issue with pricing, even though it's, um, it's supposed to be able to if you take out enough of the flowers between two points on the map, it'll increase their ability to trade and reduce prices, supposedly. I never had an issue with that, because uh, <laughs> I sold as much as possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing with Seven Dragon. It was supposed to have a, a, a system where you could recycle dragon parts or monster parts into new equipment, and then didn't really have much in the way of new equipment for, two, for a, half the game. Ugh. So, yeah. And even then, some once you finally manage to get the parts for some of the later items, 
it was stuff that I had gotten off the black market 20 hours earlier. So, yeah, I'm like, okay. Mm. It did have a cool thing, though, where, like, there was an alternate, um, there was a sealed away off dimension, and you were trying to figure your way out through one of those, um, random, um, may, um, JRPG mazes. And if you look closely at the map on the lower screen, you would see that there was a, a set of uh, Viking runes along the bottom that translated into north, south, east, west. Hmm. So you just had to pay attention and you knew exactly where you were supposed to be going. Well, that and look up Futhark runes. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, okay, so on Twitter, I've just been doing JRPG July as posting one review that I've done every day. Mm-hmm. just because I really don't have time to play much new. Um, okay. And so yesterday's, which unfortunately has not actually gotten any any um, reaction, was Beyond the Labyrinth, which I think really does fit mm. this question a lot better. I that saw that. I was just so, I was so burned, burned out on the fact that we didn't get it that I t- didn't retweet it out of spite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, unfortunately, everyone else followed your cue, so it has zero likes and zero retweets. I did not actually see it. I was just very burned out and upset. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does speaking have of things that actually do, uh, which yeah. does make me think of like things that I, now that we have the full understanding of what we didn't get that generation, we can kind of run down the list of things we absolutely should have gotten. For, okay, so from... From the DS, of course, we've got three different Metal Max games. Metal Max is Metal Saga, Saga and Metal Max. Yeah. Let's see what uh, else. I got a lot of things that we. There's a lot of weird DS RPGs. It can. It comes down to like trying to determine like which ones to single out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Let's see Nora and the Timely Studio. Uh, Dungeons and Dam. What else? Um, mm, hmm. Sure, why not? Croquette DS. Yeah. Fun game. game or a game about making croquettes? No, it's an anime spinoff. Is the anime about making croquettes? No, it's an anime about. Um, well, it's a fantasy anime where everyone's named after a type of food. Anyway. Ah. So. I feel like my guesses were not unreasonable. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was, I mean, it was a decent little game with, um, I mean, a- um, anime spinoff games can be hit or miss on the plots, but this one, somebody had actually taken the trouble to basically write out an entire unreleased season of the show. Impressive. And... <laughs> Yeah, um, or that's essentially what the game's plot was, was an, a new season of the show hmm. with each uh, with each tactical battle being one episode. Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So it worked pretty well, actually. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Tales of Hearts. Yep. Or it's not a synchronization of Tales of Hearts. Say what? We got a localization of Tales of Hearts. Or it's not a substitute and you know it. <laughs> I know. It hurts. 
But on the plus side, we didn't get Tempest or Innocence either. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Those games are trash. <laughs> well, Innocence is kind of like a disappointing level of trash. Yeah. A singularly unambitious effort. It's, it's just like, you can do better. Yeah. See me after class. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, the the guys who made Innocence were the ones who made the Nairakiri Dungeon games, which were both really good, but they were a different style of tales. I remember looking it up. They like, I want to say they were Alpha System, and Alpha System it was Alpha a lot System. of weird stuff. Yeah, and I mean, the Tales of Innocence, the plot line and concept were really nice. It's yeah. it was just a lot of the overworld issues and a lot of the. Um, interstitial stuff this like the stuff in between the main plot was kind of non-existent yeah. yeah and the map didn't really help support this much at all and yeah it could have done it really could have been done better but hey you got a worse making vita remake mm. i mean that one at least wasn't an incredible game to begin with so it doesn't really matter we didn't get either <laughs> yeah and, of course, the biggest primary issue I had with Tales of Innocence was how it handled item and money drops from enemies. How did this work? Basically, as soon as you killed an enemy in battle, it dropped money or items. And if you happened to run past those money or items, then you would grab them. Oh, no. <laughs> I see where this is going. However, this game did not have free running, except oh. in the last... Except in the post-battle section where you could just go run around and grab whatever the last enemy had dropped. Why would you make it like that? However, since everything dropped disappears within 10 to 15 or 5 to 10 seconds of being dropped. Um, if you want anything beyond whatever the last enemy had, you would have to um, purchase an AI option much later in the game. That would allow you to prioritize picking up items for your uncontrolled characters. There's so much wrong with that idea, mm -hmm. just conceptually, of like, mm -hmm. to start with, this adds nothing. Like, this, yeah. the need to actively go and pick sh shit up adds nothing to that game. But yeah. to then sell the player late in the game the ability to not have to worry about it as much is an acknowledgement that it's adding nothing to the game and then forcing you to pay to make it play like a good game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Mm -hmm. I, I vote that uh, at this point I'm just feeling like we, we start like voting for what to trade, what bad RPGs we did get to trade for good ones we didn't. Yeah. Uh, what else was fun about Innocence? Oh, yeah, so the save points in Innocence um, healed you as soon as you stepped on them. Mm -hmm. And quite often oh, they happen yes. to be within visual distance of enemy spawn points. <laughs> yes, have your banana. Ah. So we are awake and happy because we have a banana. There we go. <laughs> banana. So, okay. But, yeah, um, list of good DS games that we never got in America – Look over my old review history and just pick and choose. Metal Max. But mostly Nino Metal Max. DS. Okay. <laughs> the better version. Yeah. Yeah, remember yeah. that other version of Nino Kuni? Let's try not to. <laughs> so. 
slightly burns me up that they uh, remastered the PS3 version and not the DS version. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was the uh, one I that mean, sold, unfortunately. Well, that was the one that they sold in America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, I mean, the Japanese DS version sold quite well, too. It's just they also had to print the book with it, which oh, I'm yeah. sure made it a losing proposition. Okay, here we go. Just I have one of those books. Make the book referenceable in the game. I've got two of those books. <laughs> uh, There's even an English version of that book. Yep. In print? Uh, no, it was only with the special edition of Nino Kuni, which is ex- extremely limited. I mean, actually, in print, as in they printed it physically. They did, yes. Cool, cool. They were only going to pack it in with something that they were already charging a ridiculous amount of money for. <laughs> Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that was DS era copy protection for you, going straight back to the early '90s playbook. Or '80s even. Yeah. Yeah. In oh. conclusion, replace the book with the Monkey Island Dial a Pirate. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm remembering a joke I saw in a web comic about this. Um, did you ever see the web comic Full Frontal Nerdity? Rings a bell. It's about a um, just about a randomly awful tabletop gaming group. <laughs> randomly awful, and um, so for one of the one of their adventure paths, they were basically doing a combination of Halloween, Christmas, mm-hmm. about a deranged wizard who would come out of his tower once a year, and um, he was just very forgetful. So whenever he ran into somebody else at they could actually convince him that they were him as well, and he would just give them something that he thought he had forgotten. Mm-hmm. So um, they were trying to track this wizard back to his secret um, lair just to see if they could steal stuff from him. And they picked, and um, because the wizard had given them a book. And it turns out the book was the Necronomicon first. It was a bit of an issue. Okay, that, that works out fine. Yeah, but they, they, got, um, they located the entrance, and they saw the little label on it said, in order to gain entrance, turn to page 147 and read the third line. <laughs> and they're like, what are we in the 1980s? And, it's like, and the next character's like, oh, come on, it's not that bad. All we have to do is read a sentence out of the necro... Oh, crap. Um, <laughs> fine. Everything's so, like, fine. every section of this dungeon was copy protected based on 80s um, find the line and read it style. <laughs> and they ended up with so many random mental debilitations and insanity templates added on by the end of it. It was... Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think of... There's a few for the PSP I would have liked to get, but they're mostly ports of older games. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's wrong with that. I would have liked to... I know that the game is, by all accounts, not terribly good, but it would have been nice to get the PSP version of Devil Summoner... Would have liked to get Tengai Machio, Fourth Apocalypse, Princess Crown, that sort of thing. I'm glad we didn't get yeah. Final Fantasy Type Zero. <laughs> if only it had stayed that way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, those those are the ones that kind of stick out to me, which is you know sort of indicative of what the library was good at, which is a lot of like here's a weird old game and it's getting a second lease on life. Oh yeah, Persona Two Eternal. Uh, Punishment Portable, which has an interesting bonus scenario that we've never gotten. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't realize that actually had any extra content. 
Yeah, it has like a sort of interquel epilogue sort of content for that kind of exists around the gap between Innocent Sin and Eternal Punishment. Hmm. Someone else has to play those games. Someone. <laughs> I, I really should sometime. I just need to actually have a copy that I can play without having to worry about little girls turning it off. Fair. Yeah. And I'm I'm not about to get another not about to get another handheld system because that will my PSP will add literally a hundred games to my backlog. Yeah, like, I would be tempted to try things I should never even think about again, like Queensgate. Oh God, not again. But yeah. Well, Persona that, 2 is one of those. Some of that you can get okay. on your Vita. Mm. Yeah. I think uh, I think the Persona 2 duology were available on uh, on Vita as downloads for... I guess I should yeah. check that out sometime. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Persona 2 is one of those things where it's like it plays just well enough that I can recommend it, but I certainly can't recommend it for how it plays. So, <laughs> caveat any potential emptor. Um, but yeah, those those would be kind of the PSP games I want. It's just, hey, here's some old games that were largely like Saturn or whatever and didn't come over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> those are those are what we deserve. Speaking Bring, of PSP. Oh, no, I mean, con- considering the year we're having, the games we deserve are Queen's Blade and Queen's Gate. Oh, oh God. Listen, yeah. we don't deserve that. It's just what we would get because of the dint of uh, what is apparently a hell year. Yeah. So, I mean, in in their favor, those two games did provide me a lot of material for Japan Demonium because I knew there was no way in heck they were ever coming out in America. So... Uh... Well, on that note, next question. Persona 3 Portable is the best example of taking something that wasn't broken in the first place. We'll let that slide. Wasn't broken in the first place and somehow making it better. What other game should be refined in that way? I mean, just adding a bunch of content? That's kind of a Persona tradition at this point. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it did a lot more than that. It made it a lot easier to play. It's mostly by adding content. Like, it, usually you don't see this happen a lot because usually games don't release with the idea of, like, what if you just can't control your party at all? <laughs> it's true. And I've played quite a few games with that concept. Yeah, but usually they aren't ones that people want to see re-released. Mm-hmm. That was weird. There was really no reason for Persona 3 to operate the way that it did. <laughs> Just obnoxious. But, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, games that re-release in such a way that their bonus content actually makes them better. Like, Final Fantasy games typically get re-releases like this, but the bonus content in them is usually somewhere between, like, inoffensive and awful. Mm -hmm. So... Whereas, like, just the ability to actually control your party did change a lot about playing Persona 3, and, like, the 
addition of a female protagonist does change that game a lot. Not as much as you might want, but it does change it. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think of other ones that actually substantially build on themselves in fairly uh, quick re-release succession, like within a couple of years, as opposed to when you wait like an entire generation and someone like remakes it. Dragon Quest Seven. That was a remake. Yeah. That kind of did this same thing, although... It's true. Yeah. Oh, Dragon Quest Seven did a lot of good quality of life alterations. Yeah. Including shortening the, the uh, pregame. Yeah, shortening the pregame, uh, just changing how the job system functioned to try to make it a little more interesting. Reducing the amount of time before you get to the job system. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's still I still remember writing that, that, that impression and it was like, yeah, I'm going to put this up as soon as I actually get to the Jobs Temple. Mama. Took 20 hours. <laughs> um, wow. Actually, no, it took 19 hours something or other minutes because I timed it. I think it took me and 30. <laughs> really? Yeah. What were you doing? I don't know. <laughs> Seriously. I could be wrong. I hope you're wrong. I mean, for the original game, I can believe 30. Yeah, I still love how that game is just like, yes, you finally reached the job system, and then, nope. <laughs> Here's one of the most irritating scenarios in the game. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, 7.3D is a huge improvement on that game. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. Well, Atlas kind of did a few more of these little, like, updates, like um, Strange Journey and uh, Radiant Historia. And the yeah, Devil although Survivors. I, don't, I don't think they change... Devil Survivor Overclocked is a pretty impressive upgrade. I think most of the rest are just sort of nice, but largely yeah. inessential. Here's some or, voice acting and a few extra things. Soul yeah. Hackers Hack the Game mode. Yeah, that that was very necessary. I know I played it mostly without, but sometimes you just don't want to deal with all of that game's idiosyncrasies, and the option to switch them on and off was nice. <laughs> the level drain, the enemies with the level drain abilities in the latter levels. Yeah, or just like, oh, you can't keep these monsters; they're they are in opposing alignments. Uh, I could never get a handle on that game. Uh, the very I mean, the opposing game. alignment thing never bothered me too much because that's kind of what, the way the series has always been. Or it had been up till that point. By like, mm -hmm. uh, by like Nocturne, they basically started to phase that out. So it makes it hard to go back. Let's see. Uh, and then they added Rido. Which is kind of fun. Let's see. I'm trying to think of any other games that actually did this, or games I would actually want them to do this with. Crisis okay. Core. I'm not sure Sega what I want playing. fixed about that. Uh, <laughs> not being stuck on a UMD. That's not really, like, an upgrade. It's just, like, the nature of the fact that, oh, playing yeah, games yeah. on PSP now is obnoxious. 
but yeah, I would like Crisis Core to come out on other things. Put it on really everything now, cowards. Yeah. Uh, okay, well then, so, random question I saw on Twitter, hmm? not related to us at all, but what is Konami doing right now that does not involve pachinko machines? Health clubs. Hmm? Health clubs. Okay, health clubs and pachinko machines. <laughs> Because it was this Twitterer's opinion that, you know what, maybe they've been taken over by the Yakuza or something. No. Because they really do seem to be going into the the main, or sticking to the main business models of Japanese um, Yakuza. I've always heard that they were that they were kind of a haven away from being Yakuza controlled, but... But hey, you can still play Jikyo Powerful Pro Baseball. Do they still make their soccer game? I think Pro Evolution Soccer does still exist. They released that Castlevania collection like... um, There was a Castlevania, Contra, and an arcade collection last year. Oh wait, there was Contra, um, the bad one that no one liked. Contra Rogue Corps. Contra What If Life Hated You. (laughs) Yeah, they're doing things. They also sell a lot of card games. Uh, Devil in anime promoting card games. Uh, every ten minutes, my brain shouts at me about that awful PS2 Frogger game that they aren't currently selling, but... Hope Springs Eternal. Wait, you want them to sell it? I just want other people to have to live with the awful anthropomorphized frog screaming about finding a princess before he busts. (laughs) (sighs) Say Say what? I'm trying to make up some Konami sucks song. You're going to have to go back to the drawing board with that. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, yeah, Pro Evolution Soccer still seems to be ongoing. It's now eFootball PES. Okay. eFootball. Good old eFootball. The eFoots. eFooty. It's coming to your. Okay, well, we're getting back to a question that we kind of skipped over three weeks ago because somebody asked a Romancing Saga question instead. Ha <laughs> Yeah. Let's see, where was this? On their podcasts, for uh, a newcomer to the forums, uh, Talera O was asking what we thought about Metal Max 3. Can't believe you do this to me. I still haven't had time to sit around and patch it and play it. So, th- this is my attempt to convince you both to get the games going. <laughs> I've, I've got it set up now. I did it while we were talking. <laughs> I'll yeah. set it up. Yes. Well, first of all, let's see. What were some of the really high points? So the DS games in the series, like Season of Steel 3 and 2 Reloaded, all had some really nice 3D modeled, or like semi-3D modeled um, enemy sprites, which became fully 3D modeled enemy sprites, sprites in number four, which was really cool. Um, let's see... But what's the best way to describe it here? Uh, Metal Max Fury Road, the electric guitarist with the flamethrower. 
that's the kind of guy who should be a boss in this game. And everything looks like it's built on the same aesthetic. Hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a little sales point right there, isn't there? Um, yeah. Um, one of, I mean, there's one boss that's just kind of trolling around an area that looks like a giant trash, um, or giant garbage truck. A giant garbage truck with front-mounted machine guns and missile launchers. And you you blast it hard enough, and you discover that the boss is not actually the garbage truck. It is all the salvage in the back of the garbage truck, which reassembles itself into a modular battle robot that decides that it doesn't like you. Lovely. Yes. But for, for much more fun, the second available wanted monster boss in the entire game is a biomechanical... A tank called the Behemus. Hmm. Like it is exactly what it sounds like. I don't like the sound of that. I'm not here it for is, it. It's an oversized moose on caterpillar treads with missile launchers coming out of its antlers. Really upset by that. <laughs> yes. Um, and if, if you look through some of my reviews for some of these games, especially the later ones, you will see things like, what would happen if the Squaresoft developers had a, um, metal, a Mad Max movie marathon while drinking vodka and Red Bull? <laughs> or if you cross the, if you cross the setting of Fallout with the design philosophy of Parodius. Chatting Parodius. Yes. Um, yeah, this this is the post-apocalyptic sci-fi series that you never realized you really wanted. I've so. realized I wanted it for five years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking generally to the audience who may not have I heard know. of this game before. I know. Yep. I'll, I'll sit around and play some this week, I promise. Yep. But they may have heard of that game that came out on PS4. Don't we are up. hoping and praying that it, that come September it will be much improved in its newest iteration. And we just won't get that version because 2020. Yeah. Hey, it should have been out two weeks ago over here. I'm kind of annoyed. Um, but yeah, in any case, um, I, I did actually post a list of pretty pleased demands and conditions at the start of this year. For concerning Metal Max Zeno and its remake. And I will be referring back to that when I am giving it a grade for an impression in September. I'm excited. Um, Scared, but yep. excited. Yep. I mean, to be honest, my my very first demand was bring back the dog, and was, I said that knowing that they had ar- that, that was literally the very first thing that they had announced with the that remake. Was the free space. Yeah. Free space on the bingo sheet. Pretty okay. much, yeah. Because everybody wanted the dog back. Everybody loves Pochi. Yeah. I mean, Pochi exists because of fandom. Because in the original Metal Max game, um, the battle dogs were an enemy group. Oh. Yeah. So the very first boss in the game, guarding the very first tank in the game, was a battle dog. And the rest of the ones that you meet are all... Um, are a pack of battle dogs working for the game's 
primary human villain. But everybody loved the idea so much that they were like, please let us have a doggy for the next one. So they did that. It was super popular and yeah. And Xeno was the first game in the series since then to not have the dog actually in the game. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I love how much the first trailer is just gives you a couple nice close-ups of Pochi trotting along. Yes. They know where they messed up. They know what they did. <laughs> yep, which is why I, I added an addendum. And for a bonus point, please let us pet the puppy. Please. Please let us pet the puppy. Yes. But yeah, so yes, you're going to have to play this game and tell us which uh, monster designs you think are just completely ridiculously awesome. So <sighs> things like the uh, bunny rabbits with the parabola antenna ears. I take this burden knowingly. Yes. Yeah, let's see. Wheels, do you take on this burden? Yes. Okay. The pact is sealed. I will throw it upon the top of my backlog. Do you do you play from the top or from the bottom? Um. He just thrusts his hand in and grabs whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like a grab bag. Okay, that is my burden. <laughs> okay. Listen, but, you uh, you you kept poking me to finish Final Fantasy VII Remake, and now that's... And I was right. Now that's, like, <laughs> drilled into my brain, so I need to play some Crisis Core. But you also need to finish Persona 5 Royal. That too, uh, yes. You got a good hundred hours left of that. Um... Uh, let's see. Especially now that uh, they're threatening to bring our Phantom Strikers again. Sweet. It's just one of those things that came up in Koei Tecmo's like, earnings report of like, yeah, that'll be sometime in the next uh, little while. It'll be part of the earnings. So. Get prepared. Get ready. Get up. Get prepared. Get out there. But, uh, yeah. Um, oh, Paul's got the Paper Mario review up. Yeah, yeah. Wheels Let's was, uh, see how much did she like it. Just pre-show. Ooh, four out of five. She's yeah. liking it as she liked it as much as I am currently liking it. It is a hell of a lot of fun. You sent me a truly bizarre clip from it on Twitter. Which one? The the, the singing song? stump. <laughs> Oh, the stump? Yeah, I wasn't sure what was going on with that. You gave me no context for it at all. Yeah. You have to help. Well, um, it's um, All I've seen of the game was a let's play of the first 35 minutes, and it ended with that. Yeah. But my, but the, the common shared reaction appeared to be, at least for the first 10 to 15 minutes, okay, if this weren't so freaking adorable, it would be incredibly horrifying. <laughs> it's just... Fair. Some like shriveling old stump you have to help. So you, have, you get him the soul seed. That's concerning. Which, as it turns out, is like soul music seed, apparently. Wow. Yeah, he's got backup singers behind him, and it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah I saw yeah. the backup singers. It was, that just made it more confusing. Yeah. 
currently the part of the game I'm in is a theme park called uh, Shogun Studios. Oh, it's the, uh, was it the requisite Japanese-themed area of the game? Yes. <laughs> yep. It's always fun to see how some um, game developers manage to work that in. It's like Metal Max 4 had a sushi restaurant in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, yeah, Shogun Sushi, and it had a small town built up around it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it was just, just south of the Spy Tree, which was very obviously supposed to be the Tokyo Sky Tree in disguise, with a giant eyeball on it. Let's see. Origami King, really good. Highly recommend it. I'll get around to it, I promise. Money. Money. <laughs> I don't have a further explanation, it's just money. Lots of money. Cash yeah. rolls everything around me. Alright, yep. next question. Hey, Wheels, I know you're a huge Red Sox fan, but please tell me you are not excited for 38 Studios' first game. Dream Team Only game. <laughs> Dream Team-type games don't exactly have a long history of success outside of Chrono Trigger, and it just seems like this whole thing will crash and burn. Shilling <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> McFarlane and Ari Salvatore are great at what they do, but they have no idea how to make games. I think I'll be skipping the first Kingdom of Amalur effort. First and only. Um, oh, boy. That was not even the part that was wrong with it, which is really the amusing part. Yeah. I'm just thinking Sal R.A. Salvatore. Yeah. Um, I, ha I read a bunch of his Forgotten Realms books, and I read a bunch of his um, original setting books. And I can tell you, if he doesn't have a strong background uh, Bible of material to work from, he just doesn't do very well. Yeah. So the, game the, was the more he has to make up on his own, the less, um, the less interesting it gets, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The game was in general fine. It was the bad money embezzlement uh, from the state of Rhode Island bit that was the problem. Mm. That was a weird thing to watch play out over the course of like four years. Yeah. So not unrelated, or po hopefully unrelated, but Rhode Island also accidentally legalized brothels for almost that same time period. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Um, Interesting. I believe it was Rhode Island. Yeah. Um, it was this one statute on um, prostitution and streetwalking, and the way it was worded actually left a loophole that would allow for prostitution off the street. Huh. And um, sure. so for a while, there was a boom in massage parlors in the state of Rhode Island before <laughs> the legislators finally figured out how to close the loophole. Yeah. It's a funny little state. So, yes, the, the single most Puritan state of the original 13 colonies accidentally legalized prostitution for a while. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I, I just appreciate that the uh, 
The actual game, Kingdom of Amalur Reckoning, was like the least weird or poorly thought out part about the whole 38 Studios business. Yeah, Mac, I remember Mac being a big fan of it. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty solid. I enjoyed what I played. I'll play the remaster. Yeah, when did they actually properly announce that, if ever? <laughs> um, not too long ago. It, it yeah. is. It, it's it's it is officially announced. Yeah, I just I remember it leaking and then not being sure when they actually officially announced yeah, it. That's a fair point. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's THQ Nordic's website. It might tell me more about it. PC Xbone PS4. Come back to me when you port it to Switch so that I have. Any reasonable chance of getting through a significant portion of it. Uh, the name Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning is a bad name, and you should change it. Oh god, I just wasted an elixir. By accident. On purpose. Hey. Hey, we never, in, we usually never use the elixirs anyway. True. What are you playing, Wheels? Crisis Core. Of course. But not for the audience. I guess for the audience. Oh, I wasn't if paying attention. Anyone, if there's anyone saying. watching, yeah. Oh, well, now I can criticize you while you play. Uh, but yeah, I, I would really enjoy a, a Switch port of that game. I don't see any reason why there wouldn't be. It should run fine as long as it's using the 360 as a base. Yeah, but... Uh, if their track record is anything to go by, that may come later. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Uh, so yeah, that was a long trail of uh, video game and financial destruction. Let's uh, move on to one more que question. That uh, a couple more questions. One of which we're all very more very familiar with at this point. Yeah. Uh. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Hello, we have some questions for you. I just got Dragon Quest Nine for the DS. I played four and five, but I haven't seen six. What is six like? What if seven, but with more characters and less game? <laughs> also six a bit more wasn't. Power. I mean, six wasn't bad for what it was, and it. I mean, really, what's the? It's the Final Fantasy V of Dragon Quest. Yeah. Really, I mean, it's it's competently done. It if you just like to follow through and if you just enjoy doing stuff in a Dragon Quest style system and plot, then it's good. If you like the Dragon uh, Quest job system, yeah. I mean, it's it's got a pretty well done version of the job system. It's got an interesting dynamic between the two operating worlds of the game. It's just not always very interesting compared to some of the more dramatic games of the series. DQ6 needs something like the FF5 4 job Fiesta to raise its estimation in the eyes of fans. Yeah. I think it lost, it really does. It lost a bit of something in transitioning to the DS. I just I don't think it looks as interesting as the original SNES game did. Super Nintendo game is a really I, I good looking I also played originally on emulation so I'm not sure how the DS version would look even. It's, it, you're in like a rough spot for uh, mm -hmm. DQ6 in English because like the Super Famicom version is 
very it's a very pretty looking Super Famicom game, but as I recall, the fan translation that exists of it is not very good. No. So you I just remember going up the, against the first Dark Lord in that game at level, I think, 18 and dying, 19 dying, 20 dying, 21, whichever level it is that you finally get the defense all spell winning. <laughs> that kabuff so. going on. Yeah, because, yeah, you really need the buffs in that game. But yeah, it's, uh, it's fine. It doesn't pull you along as well as it could. Uh, but, I mean, yeah. it's it's not certainly not a bad use of your time. I just, there's a lot of Dragon Quests I'd recommend before it. And a couple I would recommend after. Yeah. Um, the original Dragon Quest Seven. Original Dragon Quest Seven, Dragon Quest Two, uh, Caravan Heart. Well, I wasn't even counting some of the like some of the monsters games be kind of dire. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For mainline games, it would mostly be original Seven and Two. <laughs> no, it's just that you, you mentioned number two and. Caravan Heart uses the same world as Dragon Quest 2. Mm-hmm. I thought Caravan Heart used 7's world, and it's uh, like... Nope, it used, um, what's-his-face, um, Blondie oh, Mc- Kiefer from seven as the main world. character. But he's, so pulled it through a, he's pulled through a closet into another world. Yeah. And it also so includes weird. the, uh, the uh, job priestess from Dragon Quest 7 as a trainee. That's weird. Yeah. But no, the the actual game is set in Dragon Quest II's world. Like, not even hiding the fact. It is, like, set a hundred or something years afterwards or something like that. Which kind of puts it as the furthest point in the timeline of that original trilogy's games. Yeah. Sort of... In as much as that matters, which is to say, not at all. Uh, not a bit, no. Yeah. Six is a. Uh, Six is a it's, functional game. Yeah, it's kind of boilerplate, I guess, is the way I would describe it. Yeah. I mean, I did enjoy the manga series. Yeah, yeah. Partly because the manga series skipped a lot of the little stuff in between. The weaker material. Yeah. And I say that realizing that not an hour ago I was complaining about a different game not having enough s- stuff in between the main parts. <laughs> but I mean, it's a delicate balance to be had here between like so stuffed that you can't figure out where you're going and so lean that you're like, is that it? Yeah. Uh, same person. Oh, I know this person. I talk to this person a lot. Uh, <laughs> Asked, uh, do I need to play E6, 1 through 6 before I play 7? What's the story like? And my good pal from 10 years ago, no, no. Like, the, the plot only matters in the sense that it's, it's mildly interesting to watch it, uh, to realize that they're all connected, but it, uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, it does not matter whatever you play them in. <laughs> I was going to say, are the East games even numbered in chronological order? Nope. No, they're not. not 1, 2, all. 4, 3... Uh, oh, Origin, of course, before all of them, but I think eight before seven, 
before seven and six. Six is also before seven. I just remember that every time they announce a new East game, they have to do first thing is establish where it lies in the chronology of the games con- of the series continuity. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, I think nine might be the most recent in the official timeline. Let's see. I'm looking at. Uh, six. Okay, this is an this is an older one that says that six is before seven, but I'm seeing more recent timelines that might say it's after. It's very confusing. <laughs> and the answer it's is that it's only doesn't. to the Legend of Zelda timeline. East at least pretends that they're all supposed to have a very defined order, which makes it even worse. Uh, I forget where five is. <laughs> it's just they make things nebulous enough that they can just stick a new game in wherever they want. Yeah, like, Adol is supposed to die at the age of, like, 60-something, and he's, like, 20 in East 9. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that which doesn't kill you makes you stranger. Hmm. Is there an online? That sounds awful. Whatever, whatever. But yeah, it's East is one of those series that, like, internally, clearly, someone cares about its plot as far as how it connects. But like, individual games plots typically don't care. Mm-hmm. The most I mean, that you'd ever it's kind of Falcom right there in a nutshell. Somewhere yeah. in somewhere in the company, somebody really cares. Yeah, it comes to the surface in like trails, but it shows up in other things too. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, largely episodic. Outside of if you're someone who played like the PC Engine versions of the first four games, which fourth PC Engine game is very self-referential to one and two. Uh, yeah. Hey, Wheels, here's a blast from the past. Huh? I hear you're a Halo fan. How excited are you for Halo Reach? Uh... How excited are you for Halo Reach in 2020, Wheels? Not at all. I mean, it is 10 years old. It would be weird to be excited for it. Yeah, it was just... I don't know. Are you I... excited for Halo? Uh, listen... If you've paid attention to me for this long, you know I don't like no. boring like military shooters, and <laughs> Halo Reach is kind of the boring militariest shooter of the series. So uh, while I played a ton of the multiplayer of it, I barely remember any of the campaign other than the end. Everyone dies. Spoilers. Yeah, shocking. It was not great. Um, play Halo 3 instead. Or or 4 or 5, because 5 is really good and no one seems to like it, and you're all wrong. It has a character who should be the new main character of the series, uh, and it's really fun. Yeah. Which game? Halo 5. Oh, yeah, no one played that one for some reason. Uh, yeah, and people that did don't seem to like the campaign, I guess, because... Oh, They're wrong. You don't play Master Chief half the time. Yeah, well, you know what? The Master Remember Chief Halo pushes 2. the campaign suck. 
Remember Halo 2? I do. <laughs> and it's the same thing with that. It's like, wow, the Master Chief portions of this campaign are the most boring parts of the game. That's not something that should be said. Yeah. Good old Mr. Chef. And they, they just fixed it in 3 because you have the, the other character you played in as in 2 along with you the whole time. Well, let's uh, close this out with a thing that none of us has had to think about in years. After seeing the Blue Dragon Awakened Shadow review on this site, I don't exactly have any interest to go back and play the original Blue Dragon game. <laughs> Am I wrong for this? No. No. I think, I'm very curious where this question came from. <laughs> I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wait, yeah. my own... My- my main point of contact with Blue Dragon was seeing commercials for it in the movie theaters when it came out. Yeah, they really wanted that one to be big, didn't they? Yes, they did, and speaking of Dream Team mashups that just don't turn out well... Showing you what you can't see Reaching hands, you are blind Staring down like what a that. game. I like that song. <clears throat> Good song. Song by the one of the Deep Purple singers for some reason. Yeah. Listen, I, uh, I enjoy the battle system in that game a lot. This story is snake poo. Well, it's a very poo specific snakes. kind of poo. Yes. Because, hey, it's the game with the poo snakes. Yeah. It's true. Is that what they're actually called? They might be, I don't remember. There's a 40% chance it was the case. Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's, just, it's just a boring game. game <laughs> it's just a boring game. With one of the most annoying protagonists I've ever seen in, in a game. Like, that that barely even registers. The game just has no momentum at all. Yeah. It wants to be a new Dragon Quest, and it, it is not. It's a little bit Dragon Quest, it's a little bit FF5, and it's way worse than both of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all the spinoffs looked awful, yeah. just absolutely dreadful. So it's, it's sort of a design by committee. Yeah, yeah, very much feels like it. But hey, it's you can get it for ten bucks on your Xbox, and it's probably and worth you that should if you're curious. No, it is. Yes. Now, you, <laughs> what you should buy if you're going to buy an RPG on your Xbox is Lost Odyssey. Yep, not the good game. That's. Yeah. That was the success of Mistwalker. That and Last Story seem to have been the ones people will actually want to think about again. I call that game my Final Fantasy XI. <laughs> there needed to be. There needed to be one. Stupid mediocre MMO. Sorry. Tell me pro- how you really. probably going to rile up some people. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> way less people than if you heard if they heard me saying FF14, stupid mediocre MMO. You are well, it depends wrong, on sir. which version of 14 you're talking about. <laughs> oh, the recent one. That's actually okay. just me being mean. I have no strong opinions on it, other than the fact that uh, there is a certain breed of FF14 fan I have repeatedly run into that's like, oh, it's the only good one in the last 20 years, and it's just like, oh, get out of here. What? And what? You'll get, like, an interrogation on that statement, and it's like, oh, well, I haven't actually played them. Ugh. Oh, man. Nothing's going to turn me away from your object of devotion faster. I'm just reminded of the... Which, whichever Star Ocean review it was that 
started a flame war with GameFAQ. Oh, oh that sounds awful. Last hope. Yeah. That's not a good game. Uh... Yeah, but the like a majority of the people who were coming over to blast us for it had not actually been able to play the game yet because it was still like two days before release. Yeah, yeah. We're usually safely out of the uh, out of the range of that sort of person, but you'll see it occasionally. They just, they just came out of the woodwork for that one. Yeah, that's that's I, such a weird thing to go to be, go to ground for. Yeah, and I I to this day I regret not capitalizing on this the next April Fool's Day with a news account of Adrian Denudin's um, res- resignation from the site. Citing, you did it, Star Ocean Four Citing fans. a citing a severe drop in readership numbers every single time he posts a review because nobody was wanting to read it. So, yeah, for the audience, there was a meme on GameFAQs for a while where people would put in, I don't read reviews by Adrian Den Uden in their signatures. In protest because of the Star Ocean review. He's yeah, dumb then. Dumb now. about that game though, it sucks. Um, yeah, funny how that is. I need to see what he actually gave it. Just, to, just to probably higher than awful. it even deserved. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, this is a this is this is a next review that's a two, which is oh, it's uh, international. Let's see. Uh, Star Ocean Last Hope. Uh, Star Ocean 3, right? F- 4 would be Last Hope. 3 would be Till the End of Time. It was one of those. Uh, Till the End of Time would have been like 2003 is the thing. Here we go. Adrian Den Uden. Oh, it was only 2.5 out of 5. I thought it was lower than that. Oh, it's really deserved for last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> more than it deserved. It's, uh, it just doesn't work. Star Ocean Last Hope's drawing power is really its battle system and little else. Yeah, that's true. Shoddy localization, terrible okay. level design. Saving grace is that um, cutscenes can be skipped. Yeah, yeah. Bad cast of characters. Yeah, I'm reading through this again. I'm thinking this was more of a two. Yeah. This is definitely more of a two. I mean, I'm guessing he was trying to average out the individual scores more because he gave Battle System a max of five. Yeah. But no, this this reads as a two overall. Trice was having a rough time of it at the time. Yeah. They kind of... Wouldn't get back into it until uh, Resonance of Fate, I guess. Yeah. And then, like, there's two reader reviews that help boost the at game's average back up to 3.16. Oh, God. Why? Yeah. They, apparently, they both liked it a lot more. And then, Wait. Last Hope International review Sam, two Attitude. out of five. A well earned yeah. two. Yep. And. She also gave the battle system a 5 out of 5, but she was a bit more ominous on how it all added together. Yeah. How long have you been playing those wheels? 
I'm just I'm just realizing that you're further in the game than I would have guessed. Yeah, I don't remember being this farther either. <laughs> yeah. So that uh, that runs us out of questions. Let us never speak of uh, Star Ocean: The Last Hope again. Yes. It's just I'm because Star Ocean ended it too. Yeah. Well. Well, let's see. I guess it's a good time to start plugging stuff, I guess. Yeah. Yep. I did the plug last week, I swear. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. you. Yes, I'm I'm actually getting like four or five sales a month now, which is a lot better than it used to be. That's an upturn. Yeah. But yeah, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, episodes one through nine at this point. I'm still working on getting a cover for number, episode ten. Still working on finishing a paralogue before I can get to episode 11. So, it's fun. Hmm. Yep. So, um, and in the midst of all this, I decided for the month of May that I needed to revisit a mermaid story that I had put on hiatus seven years ago. Nice. I actually only got around to starting it around the last week of May because of quarantine-related delays. Hmm. And I'm still working on it. 33,000 words in for this new section. Hmm. So, um, hopefully I'll get back to writing princess-related material soon. Eventually. So, yeah. Anyway, Wheels, how far did you get in the book? Uh, I finished part one. I haven't started I remember that. Yet. That was like three weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> I haven't done much reading. Uh, none. It's been too busy playing FF7. <laughs> none other than some comic books, but I will probably get back to it this week. This is the beginning. Here's where it all gets started. Stuck in my head is not. This sucks. Um, mm-hmm. Do we have anything else to plug? Um. Play Origami King. Get over your, get over your obsession with Thousand Year Door, people. I love Thousand Year Door. This game is awesome and possible. Getting over it with Michael Apps, a possibly very different game. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. Um, for so for Origami Door, the the parts where you have to control the arms, yes. with motion controls, you can turn that off. Can you do that? Can you do that when the game's in portable mode, or is there something else? Alt something else you can do with it or yes you can just switch to controlling with the thumbsticks okay good you can't you can do the motion controls when it's in portable mode and it's fine but yeah you can just turn it off okay that's what i did good to know yeah and it's it's better that way anyway it's totally pointless to to do it with the motion controls <laughs> it's just kind of a, a cute little thing, I guess. It's yeah. cute to do. Simulates having origami arms in the most natural fashion. Something we've all thought of. But yeah, the, the game's fun. Gives you, if you want it to be super easy and just focus on the story, you can do that. There's lots of ways to make things easier. If you don't, um, there's a timer to f- solve the battle puzzles, and enemies hit really hard if you screw up. <laughs> Let me tell you. But yeah, it's fun. I like it. Dig it. Good. 
And so far, this after the last one or two games in the series, this is sounding like a very much needed improvement for its image. Oh yes, def- definitely. I mean, I I am apparently the biggest Sticker Star fan. Uh, I'd like I had to... to use a FAQ multiple times. Uh, so far, I've needed nothing like that. The puzzles are a lot more organic, and you don't. And there's no like wander around the world looking for random stupid objects trying to figure out which stupid object you need to solve a puzzle that's great and really kudos to them for not just going back and making like a run of the mill turn based RPG because really that was never the best thing about the, the best Paper Mario games. It's, it's the writing, it's the fun stuff outside of combat, it's the characters. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't need to specifically be a RPG. Or a traditional RPG. Yeah. What happened? I mean, when you, get, when you get right down to it, the tradition in RPGs is to make whatever the heck you want. Yeah. Yeah. And. Yeah. And then come up with some bizarre random system to implement because you think it's it's going to be completely rad, dude. And then justifying it somehow later. Nothing good comes out of games made out of obligation. See also Star Ocean: The Last Hope. Yeah, but so many interesting things come out of games um, that are made because somebody really wanted to try something. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Legend Two, uh, Link's Awakening. I mean, you can. A lot of the really interesting Game Boy games started just because somebody thought, you know, this would be kind of cool to work with. Mega Man 2. Yeah. Mega Man 1. Um, I mean, but literally Link's Awakening because they kind of had the game half finished before they told their boss that they actually had a game going. Um, <laughs> they are like, yeah, uh, boss, yeah, we, we were just messing around with stuff and we got this project going. Now we really would like to run it by you first before we go any farther um yeah it's still one of my favorite game design backstories ever so so the game that nobody actually greenlit for production <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh well Uh, yeah, that uh, that probably puts an end to this uh, special episode. Oh, one other plug: make sure to read all our JRPG July updates. Those are always fun. Yeah, I've been keeping it to one a day this time because I was doing two or three a day last year. That's horrifying. And the fact the fact that I still have not run out of games on my review list to put on this. Ominous. <laughs> yeah, although I mean, I did kind of cheat and included three games that I had in progress um, at the start of the month. <laughs> so, so technically three of the games I did this month I didn't actually have reviews for. All the others... Yeah. Yep. Including a couple of them like, wait a minute, why am I talking about this one? This one was garbage. Oh well. Yeah. Yo- um, Yokaido. Yeah. Hot garbage. Oh, it's Fun so- puzzle battles, hot garbage, everything else. 
Yeah, and one person on the site was playing uh, Legend of Legacy for JRPG Li. So Yay! Hey. Hopefully they end up liking it. Yeah. Liking it for what it is rather than hating it for everything it's not. So, including a plot-based game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I actually liked it not being a plot-based game. I just... Yeah, it was a little, too, little too far that in that direction. I mean, I've been wrote, uh, and was it a review or an impression? Is like, yeah, it doesn't have a plot. It just has a story, and that story is the island. <laughs> it's the island's story. We're just kind of exploring it. Yeah. But yeah, they really made the character choice at the beginning of that game seem leagues more important than it actually was. Yeah. Then they went and did Alliance Alive and made things so much more interesting. Yes. Um. Okay, well, yeah, I'm well, we never actually went into what we're playing right now, but I'm still working on work work uh, or Hero Land was the English translation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How is and that? it's just, a, it's adorably hilarious, and I can't really add on to anything that was in Pause's review from January, so I'm just thinking about doing an editorial titled A Tour de Farce, and talking about how we just sometimes really need silly, stupid games. <laughs> but you can pick that up while you can still find a copy. Yeah. Because, I mean, disappear. I mean, it really is. It's, it's, a farce and all of the positive meanings of the word. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm going to have to start off this editorial talking about the word origins of the word farce and how it actually doesn't have to be a bad thing despite the connotations in English. Huh. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to talk about that, and I'm also going to have to make Skipper Dan references, if you remember that song. Hmm. Weird Al Yankovic's song Skipper Dan, an original. Oh, that is familiar, yeah. About, um, and if you watch the, the video, it's hilarious, but it's all about a guy on the Jungle Cruise ride at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. And, and about how he had such dreams and aspirations when he was in high school and studying, um, and studying acting at Juilliard, and this is where he ended up. And Dark. You're, and your actual player character in Hero Land is pretty much Skipper Dan. <laughs> you just kind of wash up at the, literally wash up on the beach of the park and manage to accidentally get into a like a billion dollar debt. Don't ask. And your only recourse is to start off as a sub junior apprentice part time um, tour guide at the theme park. <sighs> Wow. Yep. So, yeah. And you regularly get more characters added in as to, as guests of the park who, who are under your care, and you have to lead them through tours. And it's... I mean, it's... Like, from the get-go, everyone admits that, yeah, all the monsters are actually employees at the park. <laughs> and it's all make-believe. And one of your very first clients doesn't actually get the fact that it's make-believe. 
and he's like he's like deadly serious. He's going to he's going to become a greater adventurer. He's going to defeat the Dark Lord. He's going to reclaim his gl- family's glory. And everyone's like, okay, he's either he's either really into role playing or he's serious. And I'm not sure which one is scarier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yes, definitely grab that game. It's very very silly. Yeah. Not sure if I can say good, but it's very silly. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's what you want. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. And Dave, what are you playing? Uh, I haven't been too focused on most anything the past week. I popped in Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter out of confused boredom today. That was nice. fun. Yay! But... It's certainly a different game for the series. Yep. It's the one I like, but... Uh, it yeah. is squad-based tactical combat. Yeah, that's fun. I like that. Yes. Sometimes it's very it mean. A, it has a super special press-button-to-win ability that will destroy your game if you abuse it. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a weird anomaly in Capcom's catalog in general, and in RPGs of that era in general too, kind of a neat and it game. Has a, and it has a progressive new game plus option that is literally called SOL. Yeah, they knew what they were doing with that name. Uh, yeah, which also ended up kind of influencing uh, Dead Rising, which I believe shares some key staff from Dragon Quarter. Very strange. Really? But yeah, Dragon Quarter doesn't it doesn't give you the extra scenes, but it's the same idea of like at any point you can decide no, we're starting over and just keeping some of what you already have, mm-hmm. so that you now that you have a better idea of how to play the game and some extra resources, you can make a fresh attempt at uh, finishing it. Yeah. Well, another news the. In other news, the Moon RPG Remix Adventure website is officially opening in one day in ten hours. Ooh. Yeah. And apparently um, the new Atelier Ryza is having something... Uh... Oh, tonight at midnight, my time. Huh. Um, the, their website's opening. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I am curious to see exactly, or, and I know it's like, an, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how they do this <laughs> with the Tally Riza too. Especially since um, at the end of Riza one, Riza was like the one character who was not going out into the world to seek more adventure because she decided she had what she needed right there. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There's another game I need to write about. Oi. So, is, I mean, the, the themes of like childhood and maturity and adulthood are really interesting in that game. Mm. So. so there's another one you should put on the backlog sometime, Wheels. It's already there. Good. I mean, I'm going to play that at some point. Good. Right after the Dust Trilogy. Not bad, yeah. Good choice. Skip Mysterious for a while. Didn't work out too well. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, 
I know I'm going to have to play the other two mysterious games at some point just to satisfy my own curiosity, but I know it's going to be awful. Most likely. So, yes. <laughs> well, at least the third one is on Switch, and you don't have to force yourself to play the Vita version. Doesn't work great. Vita version or the Steam version. Ooh, yeah. Those After what happened uh, with me and Sophie on Steam, no. Though the, the slowdown actually did help me hit enemies with the staff in the field more accurately. So, there was that. Okay. Well, see, catch you later, dudes. I need to plug in this computer before the battery dies. Oh, yeah, we should probably uh, properly yeah. end this episode. Yeah. I mean, it's been going for how long now? Mm. Hour and a half. Hour and a half. Yep. Yeah, and I've got a baby sleep on my legs. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Question, question, things, usual place, stuff. Yeah. Questions go in the question zone. So, go buy some ebooks. Yes. Send us any Q and A memories you have, if you'd like, or if you enjoyed re us reading some of those old questions, we can maybe do some more next time. But just let us know. Okay. Awesome. Love you, Stop. That's all, folks. Awesome.